Good afternoon, Dr. Dan Guerra, Authentic Biochemistry Podcast, 22 August 2023. Um, this is number two lecture in Biomedical Portrait, where we are looking at bioenergetics. And I'm not, obviously, I'm not doing a video lecture on this episode. I promise you I will soon. What I want to do is introduce our first disease, and it has multiple associated disorders. And we'll talk a little bit about them because there is some um, difference between male and female in those disorders, which are very discreet. But in general sense, we're talking about something called the fragile X syndrome. Okay. Now, as you might guess, it's called fragile X because we're talking about some kind of fragility of the structure function event of the X chromosome. So <clears throat> people have studied just what might cause that chromosome to have um, a deterioration during uh, gametogenesis or perhaps during embryogenesis. Okay. So it was demonstrated that that fragile site expression in first studied in blood lymphocytes was dependent on the growth medium that those lymphocytes were um, being replicated in. So you have this XQ27 fragile site that's induced by the medium, but not in other media tested. So people wanted to look at what was going on there. They looked at this, they looked at the composition of the media, and they found that there was a central component that seemed to be related to this. And they found that the media that resulted in fragile X is low in folic acid and thymidine. And the folic acid antagonist, known as methotrexate, could induce this XQ27 fragile site. Uh, so it looks like folate sensitive sites are strongly induced by FUDR. Now, what that is, what basically that is, is a metabolite called 5-fluorodeoxyuridomonophosphate. And that that is a potent inhibitor, of course, used in nucleic acid research uh, since the 60s, an inhibitor of the enzyme thymidylate synthase. So the expression of the XQ27 fragile site is also induced in a thymidylate synthase deficient cell. And so we, so when you deprive those cells of exogenous thymidine, you get a fragile X chromosome. So the induction conditions were present during the late S phase of the cell cycle. That's just prior to mitosis when uh, that X chromosome uh, event occurred. Okay. So that means what? That means that either thymidine or folic acid should be able to suppress the fragile site expression in cell culture that was induced by folate deficiency or, again, by methotrexate, but that only thymidylate would reverse the effect of FUDR. And that's what they found. 
So thymidylate triphosphate depletion during the DNAs phase, directly by inhibition or absence of thymidylate synthase, or indirectly through depletion of its uh, the cofactor, and <clears throat> the folic acid cofactor there is methylene tetrahydrofolate, is an effective but not an exclusive method to induce the XQ27 fragile site. So it looks like high concentrations of thymidine in the medium, like one or two millimolar, will also induce the XQ27 uh, fragile uh, fragile um, induction. Now, that effect of thymidine is due to high levels of deoxy-TTP, which would inhibit the reduction of cytidine diphosphate by the enzyme ribonucleotide reductase. That would cause a deficiency of the deoxycytidine triphosphate, which of course is necessary for DNA synthesis. So the mechanism for XQ27 fragile site induction is supported by the finding that in addition of deoxycytidine inhibited the induction by high thymidine. Okay, so that's how this research was first conducted. So now we talked a lot about nucleic acid metabolism, but it's probably the last we're going to talk about. Well, not quite the last. I have to explain a couple of details there. Again, we're talking about fragile X syndrome. Now, I know all of you know this, but for some people who are listening that don't, and there are some younger people in the audience, according to the statistics I get for the podcast, and maybe some people that don't remember, although everybody should, do you know the DNA has four nucleotide bases, A, G, C, T, adenine, guanine, cytosine, and thymine, whereas RNA is A, G, C, U, and that U is uracil, and so that's RNA. Thymine and uracil are different only by the presence or the absence, obviously, of the methyl group in the fifth carbon position. Now, you need to understand something about nucleic acid metabolism. Understand that last experiment I told you, demonstrating what's causing that fragile X chromosome. UDP can be converted to deoxy-UDP via ribonucleotide reductase. Deoxy-CTP can be converted to deoxy-UTP via deoxy-CTP deaminase. Obviously, deoxy-UDP can be converted to deoxy-UTP by the kinase. Now, once you synthesize deoxy-UTP, once the cell synthesizes DUTP, there's an enzyme called DUTPase, which generates deoxy-UMP, okay? That's the monophosphate. Now, you can also, the synthesis of deoxy-UMP can also be occur by the deoxycytosine monophosphate deaminase. So deoxy-CMP can be converted to deoxy-UMP. Why is all this important? It's all for the synthesis of deoxy-UMP, the, the uridylic form of that monophosphate, deoxy, at the level of a deoxy, not at a ribonucleotide. So deoxy-UMP will be converted to deoxy-T 
TMP by uh, the thymidylate synthase. And then there's a kinase to make deoxy TDP. And then finally, deoxy TTP, which is necessary for DNA synthesis. And that's the second kinase. So now you understand the nucleic acid regulation. You understand why that cytosine um, involvement necessarily explain the entire pathway, right? Because there are multiple ways to, to synthesize, essentially, deoxy-UMP. And one of those, one of the biosynthetic pathways is coming from deoxy-CTP and deoxy-CMP. And that's why cytosine played a role there, you understand? And why it became deficient when you had high levels of thymidylate, because you are basically inhibiting the utilization of ribonucleotide reductase. Okay, and, and that would require me to spend another couple of minutes on. It. So let's just get into the paper. That was all just to give you an idea of what causes the fragile X to become the fragile X. Now, then all the other material we're going to talk about is how the fragile X syndrome has a biochemical signature, which then relates to the pathophysiology, okay? All we talked about there was uh, the mechanism whereby you have an insufficiency in nucleotide metabolism. And because of that, the, uh, in, the X chromosome functioning in, uh, when DNA synthesis is occurring at that level, it, it, what happens is you get a corruption of that X chromosome because you've inhibited um, deoxy uh, TTP synthesis because you need to make DNA in the S phase of the cell cycle, right? Okay. And that was all involvement of folic acid too, of course, right? Okay. So fragile X syndrome is a sex-linked neurodevelopmental disorder. It's caused by a single mutation so all of that corruption of nucleic acid metabolism results in a mutation in the FMR1 gene on that X chromosome. Because you can understand you can have a partial potency of that nucleic acid corruption in the media. Remember, that was in the media. So you're getting this fragile X in cell culture. In thymocytes, they were looking at, right? I, I, I think they were lymphocytes. I think they were actually were lymphocytes. So the point is, okay, so they found out what caused that it was the media that caused it. So that gives you an idea that nucleic acid is involved. But when you find fragile X in human population, you have a single mutation on an X chromosome-based gene called FMR1. And that leads to what's known as a mono genic cause of, wait for it, autism spectrum disorder and associated intellectual disability. Males present with more severe disease. So that's why we're talking about it in this arc of lecture. So the FMR1 gene, okay, here's some epigenetics, can become hypermethylated. And expression of the fragile X, what's known as mental retardation protein, that's the FMRP, which is a 
prevalent translational regulator within the developing CNS is all but lost. See? So what happens? You get an abnormal synapse and neurocircuitry um, also becomes corrupted. And those are common pathologies. And that's linked also to redox homeostasis-associated oxidative stress, presumably in utero. Now, in the FMR1 knockout mouse, I told you we're going to talk primarily about uh, uh, clinical research, but every once in a while, I told you we have to do the mirroring model or sometimes a rat, you know, go out of humans and into other mammals. In the FMR1 knockout, the KO mouse, in that CNS, what you observe is a Ross associated, this reactive oxygen species associated impaired mitochondrial ATP synthesis. That means complex five is not functioning correctly, but we know why. Because if you're getting buildup of partially reduced forms of molecular oxygen, it means somewhere in the electron transport chain, you're not running the proton pumping ATPase through the inner mitochondrial membrane into the intermembrane of space. And somehow between complex one and complex five, you're not getting enough proton pumping through the complex five ATPase to generate enough nascent ATP. Now that's in the knockout. So that's interesting. It means it's a mitochondrially associated disorder. Okay. Now, neuronal ablation of that protein, FMRP, which is the product of the FMR1 gene, leads to impaired mitochondrial, here's some cytobiochemistry, impaired mitochondrial fusion, which seems to be linked to a reduced dendritic complexity and maturation dysfunction in the neuronal population. But it does not, all of that I just mentioned, does not exclusively account for all the redox imbalance you find in the fragile X brain. Okay, So something else is going on. And that's what we're going to talk about because it's, it's a very interesting biochemical puzzle. Okay? So let's jump into, this. Is that was all basically just... Um, Prolegom, and I, like to, I know I like to use that word more often than I should, but it's all setting the stage for papers that are going to be published much more recently. Now, a paper published in the Journal of Neuroinflammation, which was actually quite a while ago, in 2016, tells us the following. So I have to go back to pull you up to the present day. The FMRI, the protein encoded by that gene, binds RNA, and it's associated with polysome. It's not fMRI, it's fMR1, sorry. It binds RNA, and it's associated with polysomes, okay? The protein is probably involved in transcript trafficking from the nucleus to the cytoplasm. So that's another role for that fMR protein, okay? Now, here where we get into some really interesting uh, cytogenetics. There is a trinucleotide repeat, CGG, in the five prime untranslated region. And it's found between six to 
53 copies. But it can expand up to between 55 and 230 repeats. And the more repetition in that uh, 5 prime UTR will give you the more severe fragile X syndrome. So the expansion of the trinucleotide repeat is linked to, in females, premature ovarian failure disease form 1. Okay. So that's called POF1. Now, POF1 is not only caused by this whole FMNR TNR, the trinucleotide repeat. Now, I'll explain that in a minute. It actually presents, as this, okay, what this disease presents. So understand that. This PRF1 is not only caused by that gene dysregulation about that trinucleotide repeat, all right? Gives you the same presentation, but there could be different biochemical origins of it. Now, <clears throat> this disease presents POF1, premature ovarian failure, very important because it corrupts reproduction in women. It presents as the cessation of ovarian function before 40 years of age, when the ovaries have lost what's known as the germinative and hormonal functions. It's believed to be caused because of the exhaustion of the number of ovarian follicles prior to the typical age associated with physiological menopause, which usually occurs on the average around 50 to 51 years in the female. So there are multiply alternate splice transcript variants of the FMN uh, gene, and they encode different protein isoforms, so they've been translated. And, and when you look for those proteins using antibody, they're located in multiple cellular locations. That means subcellular locations, right? So the fragile X syndrome, the FXS, is the most common form, that's what we're talking about, of inherited developmental disability in humans, in that a, it is a problem with a specific gene that causes the disease. And that gene is the one I just told you, the FMR1, right? So the protein appears essential for normal brain development. Some, and I'm going to go into some detail, but symptoms of fragile X are a small change in the gene, might not show any outward phenotype, pathophenotype in the human. So that means small numbers of trinucleotide repeats, for example, in the POF syndromes, right? But more severe syndrome symptoms, including particularly in the male population, in problems with intellect and intellection, ranging from mere learning disabilities to outright intellectual disabilities, including also social and behavioral abnormalities. So FXS results from, again, the repeat expansion mutation, which is proximal to the FMR1 gene promoter. And again, just to remind you, it is the most common form of heritable, so it's inborn error metabolism, 
heritable intellectual disability linked sometimes with autism spectrum disorder. That's correct. So, paper published in 2017, a year later, was looking at this POF. Okay, now this is again the female disease, right? So I want you to understand that there's a, there are multiple types of male pathophysiologies. Now we're linking, we're going back to the premature ovarian failure. Okay, this paper that came out 2017 was published in a Polish journal, a very good journal. On uh, basically, it's a journal just just studies menopause in women, uh, but of course it's translated in English. That's that's why I could read it. I I have many talents, but I don't read Polish. Okay, even though I spent some time in Poland, um, actually a couple of three weeks uh, totally. But um, okay, so POF that disease is also known as a hypergonadotropic, hypogonadic hormone profile associated disorder. What do I mean by that? You have low, oh, oh wait for it, 17 beta estradiol, but you have elevated proteins, remember the protein signaling prior to the steroidogenesis, elevated gonadotropin and follicle stimulating hormone but low anti-mullerian hormone and also low inhibin b okay so low e2 remember that's the estradiol levels stimulate the pituitary to secrete more gonadotropic hormone which then stimulates the production of more FSH. So the more severe ovarian failure is due to the higher levels of follicle-stimulating hormone. So if you look at the MAP genetic loci for all the different POFs, and I see that there are some eight different types of POF, um, pathophysiologies in females. There's only POF1, which is linked to the FMR1 gene. And what's the locus? Yeah, XQ. And it's it's called XQ between 26 and 28. So that would be 27, right? Um, now there is another POF called 2A. And it's linked to a different gene altogether, the diaph 2 but it's also X-linked. And there's one more PF2B, which is linked to a POF1B gene, and it's also X-linked. There's one more that's X-linked, it's POF4. The other four are not X-linked tra- X-linked diseases. So you understand how this works in biomedicine. You get a presentation of this disease, remember? This disease is is basically associated with early menopause, right? So it it essentially affects a cessation of ovarian function before 40 years of age, right? That's why it's called premature ovarian failure, POF. Okay, that's what the, the, the presentation is. I just told you, though, there's eight different types only one of them is linked to that FMR1 gene, that fragile X-linked gene, 
And we already told you some of what that gene is involved in. Gene product, I should say, right? Remember that whole thing. But now I'm telling you that POF itself is considered a hypogonadotropic, hypogonadic, that means at the uh, the level uh, uh, of the um, steroidogenesis, hormone profile, okay? Because you have low levels of steroids, high levels of the polypeptides, which signal to synthesize all of those uh, steroids, again, in organs such as the ovaries, right? You got that? Okay. So let me check my time here. I don't want to go over. I know there's a lot of detail, but I also know that, um, well, you're used to it, right? Yeah, we're okay. We got five minutes. Let's get this done. Now, I want to remind you that the adrenocorticotropic hormone, that's the ACTH, is the hormone produced by the anterior pituitary. And what then follows is the hypothalamic pituitary axis, which controls the whole process. So ultimately, ACTH regulates cortisol and androgen production and estrogen production. And there are diseases associated with ACTH. We told you about these, those last lectures. Remember, Addison's and Cushing's, right? So remember, the, at the hypothalamus, you make CRH, which then goes to the pituitary, and CRH induces the, the secretion of ACTH. That's the protein called, um, again, adrenocorticotropin hormone. ACTH can then go to the ovary, the testes, the adrenal, the placenta, or the nervous system, right? And when it goes to the ovary, you have luteinizing hormone and FSH stimulation, follicle stimulating hormone, obviously. And that's going to be involved in oogenesis in the ovary. And then the ovary is going to be the synthesis of progesterone and estrogen. Remember? Okay. So that's where the steroidogenesis works on that pathway. Okay. Adrenal gland is making glucocorticoids and mineral corticoids. The placenta is, is involved in synthesis also of progesterone and estrogen. Obviously, and in the central nervous system, we talked about that as well in some detail. So I'm not going to go over it. So let's go back. In the type one disease, it's called a follicular. Okay, that means there's a complete depletion of ovarian follicle formation. Now that form is found in patients with POF that's associated with gonadal dysgenesis. And it's linked to chromosomal aberrations, which one? Fragile X. And there are a, what results is a whole cast or constellation of disorders in sexual development. So the lack of ovarian follicles results in the fact that the germinal cells either fail completely to develop or they're simply just not present. That type one that we were talking about is the FMR1 trinucleotide repeat disease associated with fragile X in women. Now, uh, the same disease, though, still could be caused by something else. Sometimes it's, it's autoimmune in nature where dendritic cells accumulate in the endocrine tissue and you have autoreactive T lymphocytes and they cause direct damage to the gland. And those autoreactive T lymphocytes can be natural killer cells, or cytotoxic T lymphocytes. 
right? I just wanted to fill in all the gaps here so that if you go looking up these diseases, you don't say, well, wait, what about this? You didn't mention this. Uh, I don't want to leave any stone unturned. I want you to understand this completely. Again, right now we're talking about the dimorphism of this fragile X syndrome. Primarily, we're talking about the, the human uh, female disease. We're going to talk about male disease. Remember, this is more common. The disorder is more severe in, in, in men than it is in women. Okay. And it's typically not lethal. It's just a complete corruption of the reproductive system when it's really significant with, again, hundreds and hundreds of trinucleotide repeats because basically then it's afollicular, right? So there's really no reproduction at all in the female. But in males, you're going to have a totally different process because you're going to be functioning with male organs, right? So this whole process, even if it has a reproductive component, even if it does, it's not going to be similar at all to what's going on in the female, obviously, because the reproduction is totally different between male and female, right? Do, the totally different reproductive organs. But what about the disease in the CNS? Okay. <laughs> and that, that it presents in the CNS. So really quickly, one minute, what can I say? Development, delay, or intellectual debility, 96% common. In male, only 64 in female. Attention deficit, 84% in males, 67 in females. Uh, hyperactivity, about 66% in the male population has been measured, only 30 in female. So you see that a lot of CNS disorders start to come out differentially from the fragile X syndrome in male versus female. So now you're getting the full picture. Remember I told you before, Simple reproductive capacity between men and women is only just looking at the surface. And multiple components, and here we're talking about the CNS. Okay, Dr. Dan Guerra, Authentic Biochemistry Podcast. Bye for now.